What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Football Minds podcast. We're officially a few days away from the final of Euro 2020. Today, we'll have a special episode. Is it coming home or is it coming, coming Rome. Rome? Guys, two teams left in the tournament, Italy, England. Uh, we took a few days off to recuperate, to think about the games. Actually, for real, we had a... We had a few colds and stuff, but now we're back. We're back to talk about the games. Yos, what's up? How are we doing? I'm very good, Alicia. How are you? I'm good. Not too bad. Not I'm too sure. Bad. I'm sure you're very good. Yeah, I'm. I'm always very good. I'm very good when I see things that I like, like Italy in the final, <laughs> like things that make sense that are meant to be. <laughs> make sense. I don't know about make sense, but this year it would make sense. Let's say it always makes sense. That's where Italy are supposed to be. That's where they should always be, and that's where they should have always been. Aye, aye, aye. Anyways, today we'll talk about uh, Italy, we'll talk a bit about England, and kind of about basically their last two games, their road to the final, so their quarterfinal matches and their semifinal matches respectively. Uh, yeah, you want to go where first? Italy? Yeah, yeah, I'll let you start with Italy. Italy, okay, so Italy, if we go back a little while, it must have been about a week ago, quarterfinal yeah, we against Belgium. We didn't get to talk about it yet, but uh, that was that was a stressful game. I don't know about for you, but I was I was stressed. Uh, what, what a game. Actually, uh, honestly, it was a great great uh, great performance by Italy. I I was I was impressed, man. When I saw them go up, well actually first Bonucci had scored a goal, but it was canceled out. Uh, he was offside. That was the first uh, first moment of the match where I got to be excited. But uh, Italy kept going, man. Barella with the first goal with an assist from Verratti. And then Insigne, uh, a, a goal as well from a, an assist from Barella. And uh, the Italians went up 2-0. And honestly, I thought we were sitting uh, sitting in the driver's seat. It was looking good. But uh, you, couldn't what happened. The, yeah, you couldn't count them out. Uh, you couldn't count Belgium out until the end because uh, Big Rom scored a penalty in... Uh, the second, uh, the second, I think it was the second minute of the extra time of the first half. Uh, really, a silly foul from uh, Di, Di Lorenzo. It was I, I yeah, really, was I, I don't know what he was thinking. Uh, he, I think he got excited or something. Italy was up to zero. He thought he was, uh, I don't know what he thought he was doing, and he just completely threw himself. I uh, threw himself. Belgium was probably going to run out of the pitch. They weren't even going to do anything. It was a really silly foul, but look, it is what it is. Uh, Belgium brought one back, but uh, second half started. Italy still dominated the beginning of the second half. And then, uh, well, obviously, towards the end of the second half, they sat back a bit more, and Belgium really gave it their last, uh, their last chance. And uh, they, honestly, they should have tied it up. They, they really should have tied it up. There was a great pass from, I don't know if you remember, from uh, KDB yeah, yeah, yeah. Goal to um, Lukaku. And then, I, I, so I think it hit Spinazzola's thigh. And then after Lukaku missed, like I don't understand how he didn't connect on that ball, but that 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 should have been a goal. And I think if that would have gone in, we might have seen a bit of a different game. Yeah, but honestly, that game was I think the the most important one of the Euros, like at least yeah. one of the most important yeah, ones, absolutely. because because clearly the win the winner of this game went to the finals, and yeah, and I see think- how intense the game was and how high the level of play was. It was like really 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 holding on a string like at the end like belgium could have scored a second one like it would it would have been 2-2 when it's it's a whole different game and maybe belgium is the one in finals now you never know no yeah absolutely look uh 
with Italy's definitely a bit lucky to come out of this one uh, up to one. They did dominate. Uh, for I wouldn't say game. lucky. Like no, they, they dominated they for, for but they, but Belgium had the chances though. They Belgium yeah, yeah, had definitely the chances did. to tie it though. Definitely, yeah. I'd say though that. Although Italy won, what probably hurts even more though is that they lost Spinazzola in that game in the 80th minute. Yeah, that's that's even for 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 Roma. That's uh, I'm sure Mourinho was was counting on him. Now he's gone for five to six months. That's what I I read. Yeah, he's gonna he's gonna be out for a while. He's gonna be out for a while. I heard he's gonna be at the final though to watch the game. But no, yeah, he yeah, has to watch the game. But yeah, uh, to watch the game, we're gonna put him on the field. No, but uh, no. watch the game. Huh. Even I'm going to be watching the yeah, game. Even we're going to be watching. No, but it's honestly, it's a big loss because I think up to this point, Spinazzola was by far Italy's most valuable player. And who oh, knows sure. if he would have kept playing like that. Honestly, MVP, if Italy, if he would have kept playing and Italy were to win the tournament, I don't see how he wouldn't be the most valuable player of the team. But Italy definitely, uh, taking that into consideration, had a bit of a kind of a problem going into next game because so much of their attack and their build-up goes through that left side with uh, Verratti in the middle, Insigne who cuts inside, and Spinazzola who's darting up the field. It's insane. Everything goes through that left-hand side. And uh, so I, it was... Uh, okay, honestly... but that's how you see when a team is is exactly, built to yeah. win the finals or not, like in front of adversity and in front of challenges. So now they have a challenge. The good thing is that... Emerson plays kind of the same style as Spinazzola. Yeah, very exactly. high. He's supposed to be a wing back, so it doesn't play as much as Spinazzola does in club. Yeah, uh, but look, he's that's probably the... on the bench with Chelsea. Yeah. But uh, look, I think it's a good challenge for them. Does it kill the team? I don't think so because they have a very good team all around. The only side that bothers me a bit is the right side, but um, I think that the team could cope uh, the absence of uh, of Spinazzola. And we saw that they did that against Spain in the semifinal. I mean, uh, Emerson came in on the left. Uh, and look, obviously, he's not Spinazzola. He's Emerson. We get that. And, you know, but you kind of have to lower your expectations. You have no choice. And other players have to step up in that case. And look, Italy's game was very... The, the game they played against Belgium was very different compared to the game that they played against Spain. That's for sure. Spain was the one who had the ball and stuff. And Italy... Uh, count uh, was sitting yeah, in back it was a different type of game, but, yeah but it shows that they could play in different types of yeah, it's good, it's uh, good. I was, like I was happy and it wasn't even like a, like a, okay let's sit back with uh, everybody behind the ball kind of how like Italy would used to play and then you know score one goal off a free kick uh, off a corner or something mm-hmm. and then let's sit back it was like no we won the ball back and people were pushing forward you know Keza runs and stuff and they, we, they were moving forward and they you saw that they wanted to score and uh, Spain had a lot of chances, man, that they should have scored on. But at the end of the day, they just weren't clinical in front of the net at all, at all, at all. But uh, no, yeah, Chiesa honestly is becoming a really important part of this team. Having not played uh, really much at all in the group stage, uh, the big boy, the big boy. Yeah, but it's always, it's always like that. Every When you look at the, for example, last World Cup, the French team, when you look at the first team he put the uh, Deschamps put on in the first game of the group stage, and you see the team that played in the final, it's there's nothing, nothing that looks like. I think the first game he played four three three with uh, Dembele, Mbappé, and Griezmann on top, and then he ended up playing a four two four two three one with uh, Matuidi on the left mid <laughs> and Mbappé on right mid. Like you, you just you just never know how the how the how it's gonna end up. Chiesa played well when he came up. As a sub, he played well in the overtime. 
against uh, Austria. Austria. Yeah. Yeah. So he played well there. So he, he earned the spot. Like he really worked for it. I'm sure he showed that he was worth it in training too. So he, they put it him. They they put him as a as a as a, in the starting eleven, and he he just showed he was capable of keeping up the pace. And that's where that's why he's he's earned his place there. No, yeah, for sure. And look, uh, he's definitely he's definitely earned it. He's come up with two huge goals, huge goals. Uh, but uh, the Spain game was actually I, I I really enjoyed the game against Spain. I, I really liked what Spain did, and they had a lot of chances. Pedri is really good, huh? Pedri is okay. Let's he's, take he's, a moment here. Let's take a moment Please. for Pedri. Should we call Pedri. it the Pedri episode instead? The Pedri, the Pedri instant. Look, listen, to this. this kid is 18 years old. 18 yeah, years old, 100% passes completed in the last game. 100%. Not 99, not 98, 100%. This guy is insane he had he's so calm on the ball he could play on the left he could play on the right he could play in the middle he could play as an eight he could play as a 10 he's honestly like when you see him play me personally he remembers me a lot of uh, of iniesta but a, a bit more attacking well to be honest like iniesta was in his in the beginning of his career he was playing left wing iniesta at a point in his career so Pedri, honestly, like I'm really excited to see how he's going to turn out. I'm really excited how he's going to see how he's going to play this year with Barca. Although he played a lot of games this year, I think like something around 56. Oh, it was games. I don't know how he's still moving. I don't, I don't know how he still played. Like he played the full games and with the overtime, sometimes like it was. Yeah. I don't know what he's going to do next year, but honestly, incredible year for him in club and in with country. And look, honestly, Spain, they, they really, they had a lot of chances. Uh, I don't know. They just, they just couldn't find the back of the net. And then Morata comes on and <laughs> Morata comes on and finds the goal in the 80th minute against his Juventus teammates. But, uh, yeah, but then um, they gave him a little talk and uh, they said, uh, if you missed the pen. Uh, yeah, it was no, a little raise or something. Conspiracies just yet. Let's not go into those. <laughs> No, but for real, honestly, uh, Spain were very much on the front foot. But then I felt like when, because uh, obviously uh, Busquets had to come off, he like he wasn't able to play the whole game. Obviously, once they got into the extra time, yeah, but I feel like when Busquets came off, that like Spain didn't have as much chances anymore. And then that's where you kind of Busquets, even with Barca, he has he has a distinct role. His role, yeah, he could never play as a center back. When uh, two years ago or last year, when when Pique was injured and everyone was injured at Barca, and we didn't have a I say we because I like Barca too, but when they didn't have a, a centre-back, they never even thought of playing Busquets as a centre-back. Why? Because he has a way of seeing the play and he needs to play in a certain position. He's always playing a six. He's always in the deep midfield. Why? Because he wants to look. His role is to set the tempo for the rest of the team. If you If the team starts playing more offensively he's going to play long balls he's going to play through balls very deep if the team has to calm down a bit he's going to be the first one with the small passes tell everyone to calm down like he's he's not a leader vocally but on the pitch the way he plays he dictates the way Spain plays he dictates the way Barca is going to play he did he dictates the rhythm he's he's a maestro on the field He's an insane player. When you look at him, he's honestly, it's a player I like, I like a lot. It's been a few years, like everyone's being like, oh, he's old. He's getting old. He's 31 or 32 years old. He's still playing well. He's, he's still playing for club and country. Like, it's a very underrated player, in my opinion. 
No, yeah, he's he's been very important to the Spain team. And like I said, you saw it when he comes off the field because then Thiago comes on and uh, Thiago's supposed to be an insane player. And, you know, he he can't even get a pass to to hit. Like, it, it makes no sense. So they really were yeah. hurting without uh, Busquets. And then uh, Llorente had also come on a bit earlier. And I think uh, he replaced uh, Aspiricuel. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, Aspiricuel, yeah, yeah. yeah, he did. Yeah, he replaced him. And uh, I think that was damage control because I think they were scared Chiesa was going to be running... Uh, yeah, also, the, the, end of the, game. Fiorente, the, the good part with Fiorente is he could play anywhere on the field. Yeah. Like he could play on the right wing. He, he even played a striker this year at a point with uh, with Atletico. It was only for like a game or two, but still, he play he plays in the midfield. He plays right back. He plays right mid, right wing. He plays everywhere. This kid is incredible, honestly. Oh, yeah. And then penalties. I know we spoke about it before, but I. Uh, yeah. We had spoken about it off, off, off the off camera, off the podcast and stuff. But I, I think this penalty was the, was the penalty at least was uh, was over penalty. before it even started because I'm telling you, Jordi Alba looked scared out <laughs> of his mind when he was he was bullied the, by Kedini before the start. He was doing the coin toss with Zio G with Zio Giorgio. Okay, Zio Giorgio and Jordi were at the coin toss, and he was he was it was like his uncle. Like you know, when you see your aunts and uncles, <laughs> they throw you around and they they pinch your cheeks and they give you little punches in the cheeks. <laughs> Zio Giorgio Chiellini bullied Jordi Alba. I, and that's I, why they lost. Honestly, it it just it was like two completely different mentalities. I don't know if it was just Jordi Alba who was nervous. To be honest, to whole... be honest, I think that. Sp- the Alvaro Morata, I think what what Spain's lacking right now is a real number nine, a clinical striker. Like Spain has an incredible midfield. I think they have the best midfield in the Euros and maybe arguably in the world. Yeah. Their defense isn't great, but it's not that bad, so it's it's okay. The the word for me, the player that disappointed me the most this Euros was Alvaro Morata. He was. Honestly, he had so many chances. Yes, he scored. Yes, he had this. Yes, he had that. Okay. He missed so many chances. So many chances. So many times he let his team down. So many times he could have killed the game. And and it, and it was just like, it was too much. At a point, it was like, okay, like Alvaro Morata playing for big clubs. Okay. Getting out of Real Madrid, moving to Chelsea, Atletico. And now he's at Juve, like big clubs, you know? But like look, that's you why I expect better from him. Like, I don't get it. Like, he's he's been here for a while. Like, but look, that's why he didn't start in the semifinal. They played Olmo in the I know, the I know, I know. And uh, but honestly, even uh, I, I can never pronounce his name Oyarzabal. He, Oyarzabal. he he him too. He missed he missed a chance at the beginning of the game that he should have been scoring. Like, it, honestly, yeah, obviously, Morat has been the one who's been missing a lot just because he's the one who's who's been who was given the opportunity the most. But uh, even up top, the other ki- the other people have missed too. And I mean, just going to even Olmo had a great game. Yeah, Daniel Olmo a- had a very good game, and he, he wasn't playing sent- in his usual position. And then, but then he sent his penalty to Mars. Okay, but you could argue that uh, penalty session. No, and who else from Italy sent this penalty to to Mars? Hey, who? Don't worry about it. Ah, okay, there you go. Don't worry about it. No, but honestly, that I thought when because actually Italy Italy shot first, obviously when mm-hmm. they won the coin toss. Uh, actually, I don't even know who won the coin toss. It was a bit confusing. Actually, the whole thing. I don't know if there was like two tosses. One was to like pick the side. I think actually it was actually really confusing. But anyways, I, I heard Giorgio Chiellini say we're going first, so I'm assuming that he chose to go first. He said it in English. 
Yeah, he said first. Are I going first? First, that's what he said. <laughs> and then he then he picked up Alba and like held him in his arms. <laughs> But no, yeah. So Locatelli missed first, and I was like, okay, here we go. Like this is done. Like we're screwed. And then <laughs> almost skies it. Yeah, and then crazy. after that, it was a bunch of great penalties. Like Belotti's penalty was really hard into the corner. It was a great penalty. Yeah, but uh, honestly, even Spain's this, penalties like, were okay after like, that. Bonucci's I don't know if, the, if the football world is is getting not worse, but like I know it's been a very rough year for all the players because a lot of games are condensed yeah. uh, calendar. But all the teams had had key chances to close the games earlier, had key chances to. To finish, finish the other team, but they just let it go. See here, Olmo, by scoring his pen, he could have killed the pens. He could have killed the session. He didn't. Alvaro Morata missed. I don't know how many chances. Was that was it? a bad pen. Yeah, yeah, no, that no, was no, a look. bad pen that he took. That was actually like, like a bad. Every team had their chances to like kill the other. France, winning three one. They couldn't shut the game. 3-3, Switzerland won in pens. Like, it's just over and over. It's a special Euro, season. Like, it's a special season. It's, it's definitely stuff season. that they've never seen before. But yeah, Morata's pen wasn't good. Still credit, though, to Donnarumma because Donnarumma is, is huge and he's good at saving pens. So. Yeah, when I see one, did a good job, too. Like, two penalty sessions. I don't know how many he saved. Like, I think four or five he saved. Like, it was pretty good. Like good No, yeah, honestly, I he didn't. I, I can't say that he really messed up or anything. The penalties were just pretty good. Yeah. penalty was, I thought he was going to miss for sure <laughs> i know i didn't know why i was like why is he stepping up here we go and it was a it was a great pen to be honest and then yeah. i actually i do think that uh unai simon messed up on Jorginho's penalty though i i blame him a bit it can't be that you jump too fast yes yeah, I know. you know you know exactly how Jorginho is going to take a penalty number one that is the hardest way to stop it you can never stop it But you know that the only chance that you have at saving Jorginho's penalty is if you wait until the last possible second. You can't commit because if you commit, Jorginho's just going to make you look foolish like he did. Unai Simon is already on the ground. Jorginho has barely hopped yet. And Jorginho <laughs> calmly slots it in into the other corners like, okay, thank you very much. No, but the wait. The only way you can... The only, the only other player... Well, the only other player. The only other player that... that takes the penalties like approximately the same way is Neymar, right? Okay, so Neymar, the only time he missed his pen in Ligue 1 this year was against Larsonneur, the goalkeeper from Brest. And what did the keeper do? He waited till the last second. He didn't move. He didn't move. He didn't even go right or left at the end. He just stayed in the middle and it it threw off Neymar so much that he missed the net. Exactly. Missed the and, whole net. And Jorginho missed a penalty once. It was in a... I don't know which cup it was, but Ederson saved one of his penalties once, I believe it was. Yeah. And it was because Ederson waited until the end. Yeah, and, until and, the and, last and, second, yeah. And then, because we know Jorginho's not good. Jorginho's a great penalty taker, but he's great because he... Because he of waits, not shot. because of his shot. Yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. The shot is isn't isn't super strong or anything. That's why if you wait until the last second, even if you don't jump early enough, you always have a chance because he's not gonna rocket it into the corner. Yeah. So I think I think uh, the goalie was a bit to blame on the last one. He got he got maybe he got nervous or something. He jumped way too. Probably early. was really nervous. Yeah, and I, I, don't, I don't blame him. Look, I don't look. It is what it is. At the end of the day, I'm not saying that you know that's why Spain. Yeah, of course, lost. But I think that. 
you got to know who you're coming up against and the penalties. And you and Jorginho, it's not like you've never seen him take a penalty before. You know what it's going to be. And I, I just think he could have done a bit better on it. Okay, now let's talk about the, the, the other England half. boys. It's coming home. Is it? Is it coming home? It's not. Let's show. You tell me, is it coming home? It's not coming home. It's coming home. It's not coming home. <laughs> okay, so me, listen to me. So let me tell you something. So England had a very iffy group stage. You know, uh, didn't play well at all, at all, at all during the group stage, in my opinion, obviously. Um, they had a very okay first game against Croatia, drew against uh, Scotland, won 1-0 against Czech Republic. And then at this point, we knew they had to step up. We knew that if they wanted to like bring it home or go far in the tournament, they had to step it up. If you couldn't step it up against Germany, who was, to be honest, the first team, the first big team they met in a while, um, then they wouldn't be able to, to win. Like, if you don't win these big games, you wouldn't be able to win for the... You wouldn't be able to win the tournament. So then they won 2-0 against Germany. That, in my opinion, was a big surprise. Then 4-0 against Ukraine. Now the game against Denmark. The game that brought them in the final. Well, first, can I just say the game against Ukraine? Uh, like a lot, I thought I thought it was going to be a lot closer, but credit. Oh, to everyone did. I thought it was going to be a lot closer, but for real credit to England, they they, they definitely played their game. I thought that one was going to be uh, not a top, not maybe a, I don't know. No, what, but like it could I have been an, ups- an upset. Yeah. Yeah, remember, I think we predicted Ukraine was going to win. Wow, we make yeah, terrible we predictions. But it's okay. It's okay. We don't need to remind this. <laughs> we don't have okay. to remind the view. <laughs> all, okay, all, so... all ten of them. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So the so the the semifinal, the game against Denmark. Look, obviously, <clears throat> England was on top. Like they played better. They they were able to put pressure on Denmark, but they they weren't able to put the last goal that was going to push him through. They had to have a very 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 questionable penalty well look to, and even just the, the, the just the pressure to begin with I, like i don't even feel they don't even put constant pressure it's very yeah. like it's never sustained pressure it's like i feel like sometimes they come out flying and then after they drop off a bit and you know that's when denmark yeah, really they get took, tired you can't keep yeah, exactly. the same level of press the whole game but that's 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 i guess that's how south southgate wants his team to play because honestly i have i don't really like southgate because For me, there's players in this squad that shouldn't be in the squad, and there's players that are on the bench that should be in the starting eleven every game, okay? Or at least coming in as a sub, Jude Bellingham, um, and uh, whatever. So, look, listen, the penalty. Let's talk about this pen. Wait, wait, pen. First, Was first, it a first, pen? first, 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 free kick. Come on. Damsgaard. Damsgaard free kick is a given. Damsgaard free kick was insane. There's nothing to talk about it. Like, it's just like, for me, it's one How of the goals of the it? tournament, especially considering the the whole, like, the scenes in, like, uh, England, and it's there, and it's semifinals after everything that happened. It's like a fairy tale for them. And when they score this, I, I'm sure they had, like, the, <laughs> they, they were sure they were going to win the game. Like, it's a big, big goal. Yeah, insane, insane free kick, and uh, whoever's gonna buy Damsgaard in uh, in this. Well, I'm assuming if he stays in the city, yeah, whoever's gonna buy him now has to pay an extra at least five million after that one. But uh, no, yeah, the, the city, city players this uh, this Euros. Wow, wow, honestly. Well, we said it. We said it last time, and I know, I know. Damsgaard continued. Chiesa, Damsgaard. 
but uh, no yeah honestly uh that penalty don't get me started because uh, i have problems i have problems no, no, okay look i i look i watched it you watched it if it was like uh let's say regular season brighton versus arsenal 75th minute you know it's a 2-0 game for arsenal that happened you call a pen semi-finals 1-1 overtime in the euros you do not call this pen it's a very there is a foul okay maybe there's a foul but it's a very very soft pen to call who who's who, it was it was Ma, it was Mali's leg right that was that yeah, yeah yeah look I, I, in all Kaya fairness in all, in all fairness like 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 Mali what are you doing like you should like one don't give don't give a ref the reason To call don't give pen. him yes. the reason yes. to call it, right? That's number one. Don't give him the reason to call it. Don't go dangling your leg like that. So I like I think he. I'm assuming he called it because of the leg that was dangling, and I don't think because there was also a bit of contact. He after. did stumble upon something, but he was already like, like he was like, yeah, rolling. exactly. He was already like starting to fall because he knew it was coming. He's just and that's then all another defender, for. and then another defender comes in and gives him a bit of body. But at that point, Sterling's like already horizontal. Like yeah, at that point, yeah. I don't think that was what changed the ref's no, mind. Absolutely like not, absolutely it's just not. why did you give him like they gave the ref a reason? They gave the ref the opportunity to call it. And yeah. look, at the end of the day, the ref called it. In my opinion, it's not a penalty. I agree. I I don't think it's a pen. I don't think you can call that pen. And I think it's really unfortunate yeah. that he called it. But look, at the end of the day, they gave him a chance to change. Yeah, that's the how game. it is. And that and that that's what happened. But I I don't know. I just I don't. I just find that there's no consistency. That's my problem. Uh, like. If you're going to call that, then, you know, you have to call all the penalties yeah. the same way throughout the whole but tournament. It's not the same refs. It's not but the that, same. You know, and that's what I was thinking about the other day. Why not for things like this, like penalties? You know how, like, obviously there's a VAR ref every game. That, yeah, like, but a lot of but it, it is it's never gray the zone. Same, but it's, yeah, it's gray zone. And it's, it's not always the same VAR ref and stuff like that. So why not, you know, for the whole international tournament, let's say, when there's an issue that needs to go look into VAR, yeah. you have... Not, okay, for this game, this ref is going to be the VAR ref, and then the next game, it's going to be another ref. You do, okay, for the whole Euros, it's going to be a committee that's organized by U- that by UEFA that every time a call needs to be checked, you call, you call let's say you call it in. Like, in remember, like I remember ho- hockey. hockey was, you know, like hockey's like that, Toronto. you're calling in Toronto, you know? Same thing. So when there's, a, when there's something that needs to be checked on the VAR, you call in whatever, UEFA, the one main VAR ref who's going to call every call the same way, who's going to have the same, ju- at least ty- like type of judgment on the same call because it's coming from the same person. Yes, there's interpretation, but the reason we see discrepancies, it's because different people can interpret different things differently. It's but if a very it's- good idea, but I think the problem with that would be that uh, there's a lot of games at the same time. Well, not, yes, not you could have different refs. You could have different refs looking at it, but it isn't this the same thing as having refs in the in the van outside of the thing looking at the other games? No, yeah, I get it, but like, there's look, you can't use that excuse. There's not a bunch of games going on at the same time now. You know, you know what I mean? It's 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 not a but there's not a bunch of games going on at the same time. It's especially this far into the tournament and stuff like that. So I think. I just, I don't, I just, there's too much room for interpretation. And I, I think that the reason that a lot of, maybe some people are against that kind of idea is because it does, 
in a way take a lot of uh not like authority out of the refs on the field because if you're if the final decision is coming from one main body then i guess they feel like you know it's you're taking it out of the refs hands but and because you know the refs are the ones who are on the field and they see it no, live but the decision the decision with var is never taken by the person that's in the van Exactly. It's always yeah. It's always the ref. But maybe people are thinking yeah. that if there's one centralized VAR room, that they're gonna be more, you know, their opinion is gonna be more important in the decision making. Yeah. And look, I, I can understand that kind of concern. But you know, in that case, make one general decision making room that every VAR call goes through the same room through the same people, and they'll always have the same input on it. And then at the end of the day, if the ref doesn't want to call it like that, then okay, at that point, it's going to be a completely different conversation. But if the guy from the VAR is telling different things to different refs uh, during different games because they're different people with different opinions on different situations, we're never going to find consistency, and that's what frustrates me. I just want consistency. Yeah, I get you, but it's also part of the game, I think. Yeah, no, it's part of the game. Take... No, but if you take this away from, let's say, in, in, in Serie A, you don't have always the same refs playing. It's not always the same ref that's refing the game against Juve, that's that's refing the game it's a, the game against, uh, yeah. against Napoli or I don't know what. So it's always different. There's no consistency between games, but within the game, there is consistency. That's yeah. what's important, in my opinion. But, like, over... Yeah, okay, no, that that I get what you're saying, and so it's the same thing. It's euros. It's I like a mini part, league for a month. But it's like, I don't know. I feel like the tournament is different than the season itself. Like I feel like throughout a tournament that's like short, I would want a certain consistent. I don't know, or even honestly, to be honest, it. even in the league, I want a certain consistency because it doesn't make sense how like you know some teams are getting up penalties here and there, and then sometimes it's called, sometimes it's not called. To be honest, either use like not use it properly or don't use it. What I want is if you're able to use VAR, at least you like make it consistent or you know what, forget it. Then we don't need it because at the end of the day, if it's just going to be the, the way the ref interprets it, what do you need VAR for? For those clear, like all oh, we always yeah, say this it. clear and obvious errors. But honestly, I, I don't know. I don't even know what a clear and obvious error is anymore. Like I don't understand anything. And no, I, look, at the end of the day, the I get why the penalty was between called. the leagues. Yeah, look. Changes. I look, I get, I get, you know what? I get why the penalty was called. Like, obviously, uh, Miley gave him a reason to give the penalty. I'm not even like, forget about this penalty. It's not even about this penalty. It's just about penalties in general. I wish, I just wish there was more consistency, but I don't think there ever will be. There's too much interpretation involved and it is what it is. Yeah. And I 100% agree though. It's part of the game and, and you live with it, but it's just, I don't know. Sometimes it just, it is, it is disappointing. It, it doesn't make yeah. sense. It doesn't make sense sometimes, but look, it, it is what it is. It's part of the game. And without these moments, I guess the game would obviously be a little more boring. Yeah. But now the fun, and then, oh my God, you should yeah. you see Foden's reaction what? after, well, first of all, Kane didn't I know, even I know, score I the know. pen. I know. Kane I didn't know, even I score know. the pen. It was actually a bad pen. Yeah, it was a bad pen, but if he goes the uh, again, if he goes the other way, no one says anything. No, no, no. But I think Kasper Schmeichel is a very good goalkeeper also. No, yeah, I think, and actually, what I didn't understand yeah. either was, I don't know if you noticed, but about 10 seconds before that penalty happened, there was two balls on the Yeah, field. he got lasered in his, uh, in his There face. was the laser, there was a laser, and then there was also two balls on the field about 10 seconds before that penalty happened. And I had seen it in real time, the second ball on the field, and I was like, wow, I'm surprised nobody thinks of stopping the game. There's two balls literally right next to each other on the field. And then nobody stops the game. Sterling runs into the box and then gets kind of fouled, and or I don't know what it was. And then, but what frustrated me though was about, I think at some point in after that, uh, towards the, I think it was in the second half of extra time, there was a second ball on the field at one point and the ref stopped the game immediately. 
I, mean, I guess he got. I get he got. He no look. If it's that, like if it's in a move, like I don't think it would have been great to stop the play because. Oh yeah, I don't Sterling know. How was on the move. Yeah. He was in his run. Know, yeah, the ball I don't wasn't remember. really in front of him. Like it was like yeah. next to him. I don't remember how close the ball. Like I could, it could be that the ball was pretty far from him. I, I was, I know I was able to see it at the same. I was able to see yeah, two yeah, balls yeah, in the camera. I don't know how close it was actually to him, though. You know that I completely agree that you know if the ball is not interfering play at all and someone's running through on goal, no, you don't stop the, you know, you don't stop the play. Absolutely not. Yeah. I just, I'd have to see it again. I never went back to see how close that ball actually was to the other one. Okay, let's just tell me what your final predictions for the final. Final predictions for the final. I think it's going to be an intense game. I think, to be honest, that um, it, I think England's going to be the one sitting back more. I think Italy's going to be on the front foot a lot more. Mm. I'm excited. I hope Immobile steps up because he hasn't been nope. you know, nope. on, on point throughout the tournament. But at the same time, I don't think you put Belotti in either. I don't think he's the answer. I think it's going to be whoever wins, it's going to be a team effort. I think England have a bit of an advantage with it being at home. Uh, but at the end of the day... You're never going to hear me say it's coming home because <laughs> it is coming Rome. I think For me, it, it's going to be England in pens. England in pens? England yeah. in pens? I just, I don't, I just, England versus Italy, I don't give the, I don't give the credit to England. They're not, uh, to me, they're not a side that can beat Italy. I don't think that they have it in them to, especially in a final. I mean, it, Italy's done pretty good against England in like knockout stages of international tournaments. Thinking of that uh, Pirlo Panenka penalty on Joe Hart from, yeah. uh, I don't even know when that was. <laughs> I always see it though. I always see it. I don't even know. World Cup 2010, I think. It was a long time ago. I don't even remember when, when that was, but uh, yeah, that was a while ago, but that was a great, uh, that was a great one. And I just think that, uh, I don't know. Look, for me, it's Italy. For you, it's uh, England. For me, it's Italy. And I guess we'll see what happens uh, later on on Sunday. Guys. There's only a few days left before the final. Take time, rest, enjoy, listen to the podcast. Uh, Copa America final also on Saturday. Brazil, Argentina, yep. gonna be an interesting game. Uh, Neymar versus Messi. So Argentina yeah, guys. For the win. Yeah, yeah. We'll see if uh, Messi can finally bring Argentina some glory. But yeah, guys, that was it for today. We're excited for the final. Listen to us, Spotify, Apple Podcast, YouTube. Uh, check out our previous uh, podcasts if you haven't listened to them to get yourself ready for the final. Uh, other than that, guys, that's pretty much it. Ciao, ragazzi. And we will speak to you after Italy wins the Euros. No, no, no. After the, after the final. <laughs> All right. Okay, bye, bye, guys. everyone.